Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole. And welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. This is Mr. Jasper Cole. And I'm happy to be reporting live from Palm Springs, California. And I want to say, please, everyone, if you can, follow us on social media. I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S. We also have a One-on-One with uh, J. Cole Twitter page. We have a Facebook page. We have all kinds of pages. But you can also go to jaspercole.com and uh, click on the radio show page there and all the archive shows are there as well you can go to itunes and spotify and spricker and iHeartRadio and bs podcast and oh my god anyway um i hope everyone's having a great week um at this point let's bring on my trusted sidekick mr ralph cole jr Gray skies are gonna clear up uh-huh. on a happy face. Hello, Jasper. Hello, Planet Eartha. Ralph, thanks for bringing a little song, a little dance, you know, a little yeah, food. A little seltzer in our pants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, nothing like a good old 1965 reference. Yes. No, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Um, Life is good. Summer is here. Life is abundant. Opportunities are thriving. And we're good to go. But how do you really feel? I really feel good about myself <laughs> and about our friendship, Jasper. That's how I really feel. But are and you I face th- down with haagen right now? No, not, oh, okay. no, not at all. Oh. I am uplifted with chocolate chip cookies and pot and milk and wine. I am good to go, okay? <laughs> Thank so you. So let's see. We've got, we've got dairy, sugar, THC, <laughs> and alcohol. Yes, it's the basic food blocks, girl. You know. <laughs> well, you, you and I, you and I need to do whatever we can since we since we had the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and apparently we are not protected against anything. So, um, you know, well, let's let's not let's put all the defense I, up we can. I thought you said we were at sixty percent if you had J and J for the Delta variant. I know, but that's a big 40% chance that can just slip right on in there. Well, yeah, but like you said, with the regular flu shot, the percentage wasn't, was around there too, right? Yeah, but it just made me cry. Everybody listening, you know that Ralph and I are like, 
binary. And you've, if you've been listening to us over the last year, we're just, we've just taken on this whole COVID craziness. And so just when I start feeling like, uh, whoo, yeah, I'm flying, I'm taking off my mask. I'm like inside eating at, you know, the restaurant suddenly <laughs> comes out that <laughs> it comes out that those of us only with the J and J probably are going to have to get a, you know, um, a Pfizer booster because um, we're not sure about the Delta variant. It just made me laugh because it's just so typical for us. Well, you read what I sent you from Cedar sinai and they were like, don't be rushing out to get a booster. Don't be calling your doctor. For yeah. a booster. You and I have only had the vaccine in our body for four months. So right. further research might lend it. Further research might show that the J&J is worthy of that. Or if we do need a booster, will it be another J&J? Would it be a Pfizer? You know, there's still – that's so – to me, that, that stuff you sent me was eye-opening. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? Once again, we're at the beginning. The scientists don't even know yet. So yeah. rather than all of us going crazy – and it, it, it reverts back to everything you always say, Jasper, no matter how binary or whatever we are. You weren't ready to throw your mask away. You did no. go to a restaurant without your mask on. You were feeling safe. The restaurant was empty. We're vaccinated. There are no other customers here. When you flew home to be with your father, you were very protected. When oh, you go yeah. to oh, Joe's sure. and CVS, you're very protected. I think what this opens our eyes is like, yeah, you may not be so gung-ho about meeting everybody at Elmer's inside, you know. Well, and right? also I think it's it really comes back to – it really was for me about you, you just got to keep wearing the mask because now yeah. – and then we're going to get over to our guests, but I, 99%, according to Fauci tonight, 99% of all deaths right now are people who were unvaccinated. So I hate to say – I mean, that's not a – good thing but let's but in terms of you know what i'm trying to say it's never good what that people are dying to, exactly what you're trying to say is we we are vaccinated with the j and j and if we, you're vaccinated are, it's showing it's that so far it's it's working yeah absolutely now here's but, a stick mm -hmm, go, oh, go on no no let's bring on our guest i'm sorry go on no i was just going to say speaking of i thought you know it, it, it's the perfect time to do our, one of our horrors and the heroes of homelessness because COVID has just, you know, ravaged many communities and the unhoused. I want to talk to General Jeff about, you know, is it unhoused? Can we say homeless? Is it that whole situation? So at this time, mm -hmm. I think this is like number episode number nine now of this uh, special that we do. Please welcome everyone. The one and only General Jeff. Yay! Hello, hello, Hey, buddy. Hello, Welcome. hello. Can you guys you? hear me? Yes, we hear I you. I am How well. Um, seeing that you guys start off with uh, some songs, let me just add my my rendition. <laughs> if I didn't care, that's all I got. Oh, oh God, right. Jeff, that was great. I was waiting to hear the song. If I didn't care, you wouldn't even be here. Okay, take it away, Jeff. <laughs> none, none for me, thanks. Jeff is a I don't, prolific you, writer and a rapper, least we forget. So, Oh, 
Excellent. Jeff, this is Ralph speaking, and I just want to say that the shows that you have created with Jasper have been very inspirational, motivational, and very much needed uh, for the world and planet Earth to hear. And even though I co-host with Jasper, I feel like I'm a guest on your show today, so I'm very honored to be here with you and let you talk about everything you need to. Well, thank you, Ralph. I really appreciate those words, and that's why I didn't want to continue in this song and dance mode as if (laughs) there are many things to be festive about, knowing that the uh, upcoming dialogue is pretty much going to be more of the doom and gloom of what we've been sharing with your listeners for these past, I don't know, was it eight or nine or ten episodes? I've lost count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think nine. But, um, yes, yeah, so yeah, and so it's unfortunately I have to be the bearer of bad news. Um, how, how much time do we have to talk? Oh, listen, we're, we're, we have almost 90 minutes tonight, so I wanted, to give, I wanted to give a lot of extra time because I feel like a lot of times we are rushed with the, you know what I mean, with the time frame. So, and it's, it's, it's such an important issue. And, you know, I know we're going to talk a lot about L.A. because L.A., the situation has, quote, exploded. But I, I'm pretty sure from what I'm hearing, it's not just L.A. I mean, we've got listeners all over the, the world, but all over the country. And it's, it's definitely, a, you know, a crisis in all major cities. But, oh, Lord, I, let me just start off by saying because I don't live full time in L.A. anymore, and then co- coupled with the fact that during COVID, I didn't come to L.A. much because there was no work. I just know that now when I pop in, it, it, it just seems like the homeless situation is worse than ever, obviously. And I know we generally focus on Skid Row, which is where we should. But what it, talk to us about what you're seeing across the city, you know, not just Skid Row, but obviously Hollywood, Venice Beach, uh, Malibu. I mean, you just pick a city and and do we feel? Do you feel, Jeff, that this is um, or General Jeff, that this is a direct offshoot of COVID, or was this inevitable, even without COVID? Sure, sure. No, this was inevitable. This was a homelessness exploding on um, my control was already in motion. It had already happened uh, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and what COVID, what COVID did was just created a diversion that um, everyone just totally, you know, looked in a different direction and had to focus more on their own individual lives, their own individual communities, um, their own individual um, um, self uh, survival um, um, mode. And homelessness actually wound up taking the back seat to uh, COVID, mm-hmm. but pre COVID it was already out of control. And so, um, the the biggest uh, the biggest benefactors from that COVID uh, uh, the COVID distraction are the politicians. Mm-hmm. The politicians they have absolutely nothing is working. Absolutely nothing. You know they they talk about these little tiny homes, fourteen units here, you know thirty units there. I mean with, when we've got tens of thousands of homeless folks, it's like. You know, even if you can call those so-called solutions, the scale is not large enough to to put any type of significant dent in reducing homeless overall homeless number. And we're talking about across all of L.A. County. And so 
Um, I know your listeners have probably heard a lot about Venice Beach, the boardwalk mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. you know, because you got a lot of folks are like, hey, we want to clean it up. You know, they're thinking, it's, you know, now that COVID is over, it's like, okay, the tourists are going to be coming back, moving around when the tourists come to L.A. The Venice Beach boardwalk is, is, is you know, a destination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the people are going to be, be extremely turned off when they go to that boardwalk and they see it's nothing but, you know, an outdoor home, a massive outdoor homeless encampment. And so, you know, folks are, you know, they're, they're, the, the people, the well-to-do folks in, in our, our communities are complaining to the politicians and whoever else can hear them and saying, do something, do something, do something. And so then the L.A. County Sheriff took it upon himself to put his John Wayne hat on and say, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you, little fella. You know, and then he went out there and that was my week attempt at a John Wayne impersonation. It's been a while. Actually, it was, um, it was pretty good, actually. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to have a mean, I used to have a mean John Wayne, but, you know, it's been a while. But, no, and so, like you know, the, so Sheriff, Sheriff Villanueva went out there and had press conferences and saying he was going to, quote, unquote, clean up the boardwalk by July 4th. Like, you know, July 4th, and obviously Independence Day, fireworks on the, on the boardwalk, a lot of tourism, all of that. And, obviously, since then, he's actually backtracked a little, um, saying that he was basically just trying to inspire uh, you know, change. And, yeah. you know, while he does have uh, some of his deputies out there doing outreach, at the end of the day, the sheriff's department does not build housing. So when he's talking about providing housing, no, you're talking about providing jail cells. Let, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's, let's stop it. That's not, you know, sugarcoating, you know, what it is. And so if the sheriff's talking about it, and he's never, this is like his first major foray into even, talking about homelessness uh, publicly. So, no, there, the sheriff doesn't have any kind of separate budget from the sheriff's budget, the, the law enforcement budget, where they have a sheriff has a housing, homeless housing budget. Mm-hmm. He's telling he's going to, going to provide his own housing. How, how does that even make sense? What are you going to use the law enforcement budget to build housing? We all know that's not going to happen. So we knew he was full of full of fluff, you know, right off the top. And so, you know, but he's grandstanding and doing what he does. Then right behind him was city council member uh, Joe Buscaino, whose district is a council district 15. And then he, you know, kind of like there's an unwritten law, like council members don't tread into um, another council member's district. So, but Joe Buscaino took it upon himself to trade into Mike Bonin's district also, you know, on the Venice Beach Boardwalk, and he held a press conference basically to announce his candidacy for mayor. And using wow. homelessness citywide as a talking point. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of people don't know Joe Buscaino, you know, he's ex-LAPD, so he has this law enforcement mindset. So he condones this, you know, quote-unquote, cleaning up the boardwalk or cleaning up the streets. And so now in city council, he's pushing and reviving an old ordinance, uh, two of them, 5111 50, 50, and 4118D, and basically saying, like, no person shall sit, lie, or sleep, you know, in public. And, you know, to try to, you know, I don't know. And to me, it's just grandstanding because he's running for mayor. So he's one of the first uh, big names that have jumped in the mayor's race. And so this is the pre-election season. 
So he's trying to get out in front of the other anticipated candidates so he can get the early fundraising going in his momentum. And so we understand what that is. But so now you've got these, you know, high profile politicians using homelessness as a platform for their personal endeavors. And mm-hmm. none of them are talking about any solutions that matter, anything significant. And so the only thing that is actually significant, it just came out of Sacramento with Governor Gavin Newsom in his new budget for this new fiscal year. For your listeners that don't know, a calendar year starts January 1st, a fiscal year starts July 1st. So in mm-hmm. the fiscal year, it's when a lot of the political budgets kick in. And Governor Gavin Newsom is talking about in his new budget, uh, t- uh, allocating $12 billion to fight homelessness statewide. And that wow. is the most significant, you know, amount that has been existed in a while. And then, in the, in, but let's understand, it's proposed. So, it, uh-huh. you know, we don't know, you know, any specifics. We, it hasn't happened yet. It's just, right now, it's just a great talking point. It's a great sound bite. But, you know, that's the problem with homelessness. It, it, all the politicians' press releases and press conferences are full of sound bites. Nothing mm-hmm. significant. Just going back, going back earlier this year, uh, maybe uh, four months ago, when uh, uh, Mayor Garcetti, mayor of Los Angeles, gave his uh, State of the City address, like the State of the Union address. And in his State of the City address, he mentioned that he, in his budget he would allocate $1 billion dollars you know, specifically for homelessness and for the city of Los Angeles. And then there's a federal judge, federal judge David O'Carter, who's got this massive, big, got this big lawsuit in front of him before him in his courtroom. And then he, he you know, where this uh, entity called the Los Angeles Alliance for Human Rights is suing both the city of L.A. and the county of L.A. for feeling that they haven't done enough to, to properly address homelessness. And both the city and the county are on the hook. So that's why the federal judge can speak to it. And so when the federal judge heard that Garcetti announced this $1 billion for homelessness, you know, he said immediately, okay, we'll put that billion dollars in the escrow account like basically, mm-hmm. so, so we can all keep eyeballs on it. And the very next day, uh, Garcetti said, oh, well, wait a minute. We can't do that. We can't put money, a billion dollars in escrow if it doesn't exist. Oh, and then it's like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean it, if it doesn't exist? But yes, you just said in your, you just, but you just said, and it's like, oh, he was lying. He mm-hmm. was fluffing up his press conference just to make it sound like he was going to be doing so much stuff, and then come to find out, it was, it was the judge called him on his bluff. Well, let me <laughs> ask you this. Let um, me ask you: Do you feel going back to Newsom when you mentioned that Newsom is proposing? Uh, playing devil's advocate here, would some would sure. say, well, Newsom is doing the same thing because he's facing a recall election. Right. Um, do you right. have faith? Do you have faith that that money that he's saying he's going to allocate will that also become the poverty pimps will get that too, or do you think that will actually make a difference? Well, those of us, thank you. That's an excellent question. I apologize for not speaking to that. I mean, it's, like I said, there's oh, so no, much. Uh, it's so much to to, to cover, and uh, you know, 90 minutes may not be enough in this one <laughs> show. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, but but we definitely want to touch as many topics as possible. But you know, so so what we do, those of us that are paying, you know, close attention to everything that the politicians are saying, and 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 us as well as others. 
um, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so mm-hmm. just last year, or maybe even two years ago, I forgot because everything shut down. So pre-COVID, uh, the same Governor Gavin Newsom announced a, he was going to put together a billion-dollar task force, a statewide billion-dollar task force on homelessness. And the chairs were uh, uh, Daryl Steinberg and Mark Riley Thomas, because they were up in Sacramento. And and now it's a billion dollars that we never heard, saw, seen, nothing. Um, the task force, they never convened a meeting that we know of. Absolutely just complete fluff. So if that billion dollars never existed, you know, why would we get our hopes up about this new $12 mm-hmm. billion? And so after a while, these so-called solutions and these promises and, you know, proposals, um, you know, they they start to overlap. And before one gets exposed as being, you know, false, then there's this new one that, you know, everybody just shifts their attention. And that's why we get mad at the at the mainstream media, because the mainstream media keeps promoting each one of these as if, no, here's the new mother of, of solutions. And it's like, well, if they lied the, the first previous four times, why would we think the fifth time is going to be the charm? And right. so... You know, and it's unfortunate that there's not enough investigative reporting, fact-checking, you know, things of that sort. So if activists are taking the social media, streaming at the top of our lungs, but it just feels like no one's really listening. And so that's why, again, I always appreciate, you know, Jasper, you allowing me to come on your show and share with your listeners the real truths about what's mm-hmm. going on on the front lines of Skid Row in real-time information. Well, can I ask you now, a question, in addition, too? To, I, now, I, now, in addition, oh, go ahead. Now, let me just quickly, let me just quickly add this. Now, in addition to those funding pots, um, the federal government for Washington D.C. President Biden has also proposed. See, that's a dangerous word, proposed, because it actually doesn't mm. mean it's like, oh, I'm sharing, I'm publicly sharing an ideal that I have. It doesn't right. mean anything until it actually happens. So, a proposed. So, uh, uh, President Biden has proposed. Uh, five, his own $5 billion for homelessness. You know, there's no, there's always never any specifics. It's just mm-hmm. an idea. They throw it out there and it's like, oh, okay, $5 billion here, $12 billion there, a billion dollars there. And so in essence, just like I've said it previously uh, on, on, on this very show that, you know, homelessness is now a multi-billion dollar industry mm-hmm. and the poverty pimping, the poverty pimping is alive and well. And as people, you know, that your listeners, you know, heard us speak uh, in depth about it back then, they can see it unfolding right before our very eyes. So, so I know Jasper, your 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 listeners are are, are, are you know not going to be fooled by you know the, this this these snake oil salesmen and you know this this circus this circus acts that they uh, keep trying to get us to fall for. Well, and keep in mind too, the media has painted this picture that this this upswing, quote-unquote, in the homelessness that we're visually seeing, they are adamantly making it sound like this is the result of, you know, COVID and people not being able to – people being evicted from – now, now let's talk about, you know, there is this rent moratorium that keeps getting um, extended, but there's that, that, yes. that talk of, like, when that day comes, obviously, and these thousands and thousands of people – can't pay the thousands of dollars in back rent. Do you believe we're we're going to see a lot of those people homeless, or do you think the quote unquote the government will step in and 
you know, help take care of those rents because it's funny to me that Newsom, and first of all, I'm a, I'm a, um, a supporter of Newsom. So I'm not for the recall, but it's just funny to me that we talk, he talks about the state has such a surplus, right? We, we had such a right. surplus that he was giving families and people extra money. And I kept thinking, well, if we have such a surplus, why do we look around in our major cities here and we see all the homeless situation? It doesn't seem to match. No one, like you said, they're not putting the money where it's actually needed. Right. And so, you know, when it comes to the uh, eviction moratorium, that's where it's a good recall is in place because um, that's kind of like light of fire to set fire to the feet of uh, the governor. And I think that he would have done it anyway without the recall. But I mm-hmm. honestly believe that he definitely will uh, cover the past rent um, because, for one, you can't have you know, just immediately millions and millions of new uh, people becoming homeless. We're talking about homeless families. Mm-hmm. Um, that would just, it, 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 it's as uh, great as uh, economically uh, great uh, the state of California is right now, that would just completely throw it in complete disarray like overnight and, and, and you can't have that um that that immediate um overnight instability with it just can't happen and so it's imperative that these rents be covered and not only for the the people who um uh the renters but also for the landlords um because a lot of those folks are potentially going to lose their buildings their buildings yeah. um you know, and, and and then also in the real it's going to throw a a monkey wrench in the real estate game. I mean, there's there's so much residual um, negative negative effects that would happen, and, and we just can't have it. And so then, just like with Hurricane Katrina in '08 um, here in Skid Row, you know, we have our our normal quote unquote normal homes homelessness. When the, the Katrina folks, a lot of folks came here from Louisiana. I have still to this day, I have no idea why. In droves, families people that have mm. never been homeless before in their lives. And so that's why I was calling it. We had our traditional homeless folks and our non-traditional homeless folks. And so the non-traditional homeless folks, they have, they have a clue about how homeless works, how homelessness works. You know, what does it take to get housing, where to go for services, where to go for food, you know, what, what is a mission, what do they do? You know, there's so, I mean, myself and others were actually out in the streets literally 24-7, just being, in, you know, a walking information desk trying to walk and help folks, and that just absolutely blistering, just with, uh, you know, inundated with all this excessive homelessness that was beyond the normal uh, homelessness. And so now if you're talking about, like, if these, uh, the, the eviction moratorium, if it doesn't happen and there comes a D-Day when um, all these <laughs> You know, evictions become valid, and all these folks get evicted. It's like millions and millions of, of, of individuals and families suddenly flooding. It's just going to overload the system, and, and the homeless system will completely break. It's already on a state of collapse right now, but it would absolutely completely break, and we just cannot have that. So, you know, I, I personally will be reaching out to the governor to uh, reiterate, while I'm sure, again, I'm very confident that he knows that this, 
has to, you know, he he's got to come up with that funding <laughs> to save the state of California to stabilize, you know, where we are right now as we try to improve on where we are now as a state. But we cannot let this collapse happen because this will be devastating and possibly set us back ten to twenty years. Well, guys, you know, it's interesting because in a strange way, there's a parallel in a very weird way. You know, when the George Floyd horrible incident happened in Minnesota, you know, because people are trapped at home and they they were forced to watch it, you know, people reacted and all all races reacted. And so in some ways, during this time right now, when when the homelessness has, quote, moved outside of skid row right it's easy when it's easy when there's skid row which is like over there right it's like somebody else's problem you know we don't really see that because it's not in our neighborhoods but when it's right in front of you and it's in your face like venice beach uh, Kawanga, hollywood right outside paramount studios you know when it's right there in people's faces in a in a in a strange way i think it's a it's a blessing in a way because it's forcing people to see it. It's forcing the politicians to see it. And, and it's a, it's, it's a checks and balance because it's saying, okay, clearly what you're doing is not working because here's the result right here in front of, and it's, it's, it's really the have and the have nots more than I, more than you've ever seen before. Yes. Which, you yes. know, when, when you're, when you go by, when you're on Melrose, um, when you go to Paramount Studios and there are people pulling in that lot every day that are making $100,000 a week or a million dollars, and you see right outside the gates, there's families and homeless people. I mean, that's what the reality is now. So, I, you know, it's so in a way, I'm glad to see it that it's right in people's face faces. Now, the question will be, will, the, will that even be enough to cause change, you know? That's what we're waiting to see. Sure. Well, the prop the problem is 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 the system that's in place, and the system that's in place today is the very same system now is in place pre COVID. Mm-hmm. So you know nothing. There, Nothing's there, changed. Nothing new new has happened, and so just like when people see you know homeless in camp, oh the oh they driving by and they're you know hundreds of thousand dollars worth of a Lamborghini or exotic luxury car and they have a heart and they say, Oh, I'm just coming out of this, you know, multi-million dollar production at the studio. And it's like, but I'm stopped at this red light and there's a, a few encampments, a homeless encampments and tents. Let me call somebody to help those folks. You know, it's the least I could do. And they go, mm-hmm. boop, 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 boop. whoever they call <laughs> is going to be the same system that was in place that, allow those people to end up on the sidewalk in the homeless tent to begin with. So they're not going to rush out and help those people because there's no help to be, what are they going to put them? They're going to just move them from that, that corner and move them to a back street or a side street where they can't be seen by, by, and so those phone calls won't happen anymore. That's not ending homelessness. That's hiding homelessness. And that's what's been happening. And so now with COVID, you know, myself, I take pride in being one of the, uh, activists that, you know, hashtag defund the police. You know, people don't understand the conversation. I'm not talking about abolish the police, but uh, defund the police. And so what we're saying is there's a lot of funding that, that needs to, that's being homeless money that's being spent in, in, in wrong categories, and it needs to be reinvested in other ways. Mm-hmm. And just like with uh, 
the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, LASA, is a collaboration that's supposed to be the leading entity when it comes to homelessness in all of Los Angeles County. It's a collaboration between the city of L.A. and the county of L.A. And it's so significantly underperforming that myself and others are pushing to disband. It's time to completely disband LASA. That that part of the system is not working, 100% not working. They have absolutely zero solutions in place, and they're running around where there's, you know, these hotel rooms. Now, you know, a lot of people don't know the hotel rooms because COVID is over. Now they're like, oh, there's no need to keep funding the hotel rooms because the hotel industry is about to open back up because tourism and travel is about to return back to normal. So we got now it's time to get the homeless people out of the hotel rooms and, you know, make way for the travelers and tourists. And so mm-hmm. Lassa has absolutely not a clue in terms of no options what to do with the homeless folks that are in the hotel rooms, but they did say that they were going to stop funding by June 30th, which was yesterday. And so we have no idea. They put notices on people's doors. And so now the homeless folks are, you know, are in disarray. And so, you know, it's just it's just the, the 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 infrastructure in terms of the system, in terms of how to address homelessness is so out of whack. You know, there's nothing in line anywhere anytime soon. There's no shovels in the ground. There's no large scale solutions. You know, they at best you may see 50 units here of something kind. You know, whether it's tiny home or pallet home or shipping containers. There may be, you know, a hundred there, but then you've got, you know, 10, you know, people becoming, new people becoming homeless by the dozens at the same time that offsets that number, even before you put it on the the ink dries on the, on the paperwork. So, you know, things are really looking stagnant. I won't say they look bad. It's just stagnant right now. And so right now, all the, all, I'm saying all the political people in place right now, you need to get out of the way, starting with the mayor. Um, you know, you got to go. And so I'm glad that, you know, what July 1st means to me is, you know, in less than 12 months, there will be an election for a new mayor. Great. I mean, anything is better than this guy. I mean, this is ridiculous. And it's and it's so sad, you know, to see that, you know, he's up in the LAPD's budget. And it's like, okay, LAPD can't stop crying. You know, I'm jumping around when we talk about homelessness and crime, mm-hmm. but when we LAPD, but a lot of extra money that goes to LAPD that comes out of the, all the homeless budgets. You know, if there's a outreach team that needs to go out, then LAPD is convinced these folks that, you know, oh, it's dangerous out in the streets and you need a police escort. So that doesn't come out of LAPD's $3 billion budget that they already get. They need additional funding that comes out of the homeless budget. And so then right. to pay for whatever offices, whatever officers or whatever uh, uh, resources that LAPD needs to escort to keep these homeless outreach workers safe. And then that starts to eat away at the homelessness budget. And then whatever the solutions these so-called outreach workers are, are coming to the table with, they're ineffective. And so that also is a complete waste of money. And so you just see so many different instances where money is just being wasted. Then when it's the uh, Operation Healthy Streets, the cleanup crews, uh, the city's uh, cleanup crews that go around and clean up trash and things of that sort, they also say we need an LAPD escort. 
And then again, LAPD is, is written into the cleanup team. Well, LAPD doesn't have brooms and trash bags. They're not cleaning up, but they're there to escort the, the, the city employees that do. And so, again, that, that the LAPD gets pieces of that budget in addition mm-hmm. to their $3 billion that they already get. And that's why us activists are so hard against the LAPD. Like, you're getting all the money, like all literally virtually almost all the money, even the homelessness money, how like do you have to have your hand in every single freaking pot? We can't move this city forward when you guys are just being blatantly greedy. And so then then they'll go around and cry out to the to the public and say, Oh, the activists are anti police. No, we're anti greed. We're anti police brutality. You know, it, it's insane. It's just insane. And so it's it's unfortunate, but you know, we're not gonna stop complaining. Because no. they, in essence, LEP, you know, this, this money is just being spent in all the wrong ways. So hopefully, with a new mayor um, next year, there'll be some new city council members coming on board, and you know, who, whatever. Jeez, uh, uh, we need we need some new people in there, and hopefully, they'll have a little more compassion, or even just basic understanding of common sense and logic. Because I don't understand some of the stuff that things that this mayor does and city council does, and. Now there's this fear of, you know, just criminalizing homelessness because, oh, the, the Olympics are coming in 2028. The World Cup is coming to L.A. in 2026. Oh, the Super Bowl is coming to Inglewood in 2022. And, you know, oh, tourists are coming from all over the world and all these other big significant events. And they don't. And the city of L.A. does not want to look bad around the world in this world standing. So they got to, quote, unquote, clean up the homeless encampments. And then here's the sheriff talking about, we are providing housing in the jail. Oh, boy. Mm. Sad. Well, let me. Um, wow, there's billions and billions of dollars to really do the right thing. So when people we're starting, you know, I got some listeners who wrote in some questioning uh, questions. And there's a couple that have been following us from the beginning. So I want to just go through one of the questions that was I thought was interesting was, um, please ask General Jeff if there's only one letter or email we can write to start with. Who do we need to write to? Is it the governor? Which which politician is it? Uh, let's see. Is it state level or local level? Or how can how can we as citizens? Who do we need to reach out to first? Right now, right now, um, I would say you know. It's two weeks ago, it would have been somebody different. 30 days ago, it would have been somebody different. You know, pre-COVID would have been somebody different. As of right, right now, today, July 1st, 2021, I would say if there's only one email, one letter, it's got to go to Governor Gavin Newsom to encourage him, to strongly encourage him to get that $12 billion that he's talking about. We, get, we need significant funding, you know, because the whole right. thing is we have to account that the poverty pimps are going to siphon off so many billions of dollars, you know, but then there still be enough left to work with to actually do some things. And so and that $12 billion is a significant solution. So we've got to urge him to make sure that he com- fully commits to that $12 billion specifically for homelessness statewide in uh, the state of California. If it's got to be one email, that's the only one I can think of right now today. Perfect. And then someone wrote and said, in an ideal world, if the funding came through, who does General Jeff really trust to allocate the funds properly? No 
nobody. <laughs> Based on this system that's in place right good, now, nobody. Good night, everybody. I didn't even hesitate. I didn't even hesitate your, right now. That that, that person of we'll that entity. See, we'll see you next week. <laughs> that right. That person of that entity does not exist. Okay. Um, that's the obviously, problem. You know, General Jeff. Obviously, General Jeff removing himself from the equation. But um, you know, you know, it's, it's sad. I mean. You know, because every, you know, the politicians buckle down to, you know, the, the lob, pressure from the lobbyists, whether it's the business sector, whether it's the real estate folks, um, you know, obviously LAPD, law, all law enforcement, you know, they're in it for the money. And all they're thinking about is, you know, arrest, arrest, arrest. That's not the, the humane way we need to deal with this. The nonprofits are just trying to get their money. Um, you know, those individ there are some individuals that work for some within some of the larger nonprofits that their voice is not loud enough, or they'll have enough power to make change from within. Um, and then just the overall there's no the the biggest problem, and I've been saying this in my fifteen years in Skid Row, is and analyzing the homeless situation in terms of a local, state and federal level level. Um, there's no, literally, virtually no oversight or accountability or transparency. Like, there's no oversight. Where's the oversight? Even measure HHH, you know, we the, we the people, we the activists said, okay, if one, first of all, I oppose, I'll say this every time, I oppose measure HHH because I knew the poverty pimps were going to siphon off every last red cent of that, which they, mm. what they've done exactly to a T to this point. But once it passed, it's like, okay, we need oversight on this and so then they put together the city valley put convened a, a oversight commission and then what they did was we thought it was going to be us activists and us people who had been speaking out and holding them you know the electeds accountable what they did was they went out and they selected their hand-picked cronies that they're already in bed with to be on the oversight committee to look the other mm. way and that's why hhh that's why the majority of that funding is already gone so and misused and so you know, again, the, 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 so there's the, no appropriate oversight. You know, people say we don't want the federal government all in our lives. Well, yeah, because the federal government, they may be out of touch, but who's going to, who's going to, you have to be more powerful than the mayor and the city council of LA mm -hmm. in order to be, in order to order them and hold them accountable. Who Who is that? You can't look around at any local local entities that have more power and governance than the mayor of the city council because they run this town. So then you look statewide where those folks are dealing with state statewide measures. You know, the governor, you know, doesn't have anything in place. And so then it's like, okay, well, on the federal level where they're 3,000 miles away in D.C., they try to run some things through the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness, the USICH. And they're 3,000 miles away. They, they're ineffective. And so where's the accountability? Where, where's the oversight? There is no oversight anywhere. The, the, uh, what is it? The Department of HUD, you know, HUD, the Department of Housing and Urban Development is the federal agency that oversees homelessness along with the uh, Department of Health and Human Services. And there's no oversight that comes from there. They dictate policy. They pull it in place or they, 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 keep the policy that's already on the books in place with virtually no updates, no efforts to try to come with some new and improved stuff. And they just mail it in. And, you know, the energy obviously has to come from us on the, on the, on the streets and it's got to go well, from the bottom up. 
Thank God Ben Carson is out of there. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's replaced him <laughs> with the with the Biden administration, but hopefully it can it can get any worse than him. I mean, that was his total disaster. Obviously, I mean he basically, um, I mean he basically, he basically, he basically did nothing for four years, which mm-hmm. to a certain extent is good because he didn't mess up anything or make it worse. Right. So <laughs> in that regard, he's like okay. Because he could have he could have initiated some policies or initiated some policies from those other folks in the White House and could have really messed some things up. But he stayed quiet, stayed in his seat, and left homelessness alone for four years. Okay, great. Now we're looking to a new regime to, you know, it's, it, the, the bar set so low it should be easier to do better than the previous administration because they didn't do anything. So, but we'll see. We're still waiting. Now, Jeff, do you think – so on the federal level, right, I mean, it seems like the only time anything gets done is when something's declared a, like a natural disaster, you know, or it's almost like at what point does does FEMA have to come in and help people? I don't know. It just seems like it's so getting out of control, and it seems like the only time the federal government can really – make any headways is is bringing in outside resources but then i'm afraid they're going to come in with you know the national guard and shit like that so but in terms of like boots on the ground couldn't the federal government allocate emergency funds to come in but like you said come in and do what like come in and move them where right so it's it's kind of that situation of yeah they could rush in here and try to help, but then I don't know if they would even know what to do or, or where would they, what would they provide them with? And so I'm glad you mentioned that because FEMA actually did come to uh, California and help in, to the city of Los Angeles specifically and help. And so, you know, that's through uh, uh, Joe Biden and Mayor Garcetti's uh, direct ties to that mm-hmm. administration. And so, Right, you know, like in you know, Biden was this you know his first hundred days thing, and so you know he's going to touch on a whole bunch of different topics, and you know, mm. and, and infuse infuse funding, and you know, and, and, and get some quick some quick quick fixing stuff. Great in homelessness in L.A., what happened was you know Project Room Key, the hotel room solution, was already on the books. Um, what Joe Biden did was say. Well, at that time, it's like, well, we'll reimburse the city uh, a 75 percent um, in terms of whatever they spend on Project Room Keep through running through FEMA, FEMA money. And so that means if, you know, if Los Angeles goes out and they spend, you know, for every whatever $10,000 on, you know, hotel rooms, uh, the federal government would reimburse them $7,500. And so, you know, then it's like, okay, well, if the city spends a million, then the federal government will cover, you know, 750000 That's a great return. Let's get that in motion. So mm-hmm. then, you know, you know, after, you know, Biden went around and stabilized some other things and came back to a project room key, then, you know, there was, you know, you know, lobbyists, lobbying going on from the city of L.A. and the state. And he said, okay, well, look, this is what we'll do. We'll up the ante because um, we realize that homelessness is out of control, and FEMA will reimburse 100% of whatever the city of L.A. spends. So if you spend $10 million, we'll give you that $10 million back. Just help the people, get them off the streets, get them in the hotels, 
And you would think the city of L.A. would be like, that's a win-win. We don't even have mm-hmm. to spend our money. You know, obviously right. you spend it up front, but then you get reimbursed every single red cent. Do you know the city of L.A. didn't even apply for that FEMA money at 100% mm. reimbursement? They wow. didn't even apply. They didn't even ask for it. They didn't, you know, buy and say, well, we'll, 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 no problem. We understand you guys are drowning right now. We'll, you know, 100% reimbursement. It's, oh, thanks, but no thanks. We'll think about it. Or, you know, and then Garcetti got the, you know, shucking and jiving. And at the end of the day, the city of L.A. never, ever, ever applied for it, never even asked for it with 100% reimbursement. Do you know of any other cities that were smart enough and did it? Do we know if other <laughs> <laughs> Do we know of other cities that took advantage? I, I, I of don't or? know. I was so I don't know. We've been so flabbergasted. Like we are so done with this guy. Like yeah. that's a no-brainer. But the thing was, they're paying attention to the LA County Department of Public Health, and while they're talking to Dr. Fauci and all these so-called experts on COVID, and they're trying to time it right to where they don't make this long-term commitment to these hotel rooms if COVID is eventually going to, the numbers are going to start decreasing because if they start decreasing, then that means they can basically, you know, declare COVID is over and they can return things back to normal. And then the hotel rooms can go back to the travel industry and they won't be full of homeless people. And so that's why they didn't want that commitment from Washington, D.C., because they're listening to the business sector and the real estate sector saying we don't want, you know, our industries infiltrated with homelessness because once we take them in, we're going to be stuck with them forever. And that's why they said no. Well, are you seeing uh, during COVID, I know, because so many people couldn't get out. So a lot of the outreach, like in Skid Row, for example, a lot of the outreach groups that people and people that come, are they starting to come back? I mean, are people, are the service resources starting to come back that that Skid Row relied on usually during uh, pre-COVID? Or is that starting to get better or? Uh, slowly but surely, slowly but surely. Uh, you know, it's still significant drop-off mm-hmm. um, from where it was pre-COVID. But, but, but there's a resiliency of, of those that, you know, are are in Skid Row that have, you know, stayed true even through George Floyd, even through COVID, and it's still coming and it's still committed and and that energy is beautiful because those right. are the ones that we can our community can look at and say they truly care. That they're right. putting their own lives, their own families, you know, on the line. Um of course there's certain uh Entities that if they deal with minors or children or college students, you know, yeah, no, let's not. I mean, we don't know all the ins and outs. There's a lot of confusion about what COVID, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Is one mask enough? Double mask, vaccine. We don't. Which one? Where gloves? It, you know, it's confusion. So in that regard, it's better to stay safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. So we understand. We're not offended, you know, because but there's a there's a lot of misinformation going out, and at the end of the day. You know, all, not just in Skid Row, all homeless uh, 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 areas, you know, suffered greatly. And we're still suffering greatly, greatly. So, you know, there, there, there's a slight uptick in terms of the return, but there's still a whole lot of concern. What did you think of the Echo Park 
situation a few months ago for those that <laughs> live in LA. The Echo Park is a beautiful man-made park, a lake in the middle, basically in the middle of Los Angeles, um, which had, I guess had, you know, become quite a, uh, a lot of homeless people were, tell me, were they, um, they were living there right overnight. And so this had been happening for a long time. And then suddenly they wanted to clean, quote, clean it up. So yeah, the, the, the homeless encampment in Echo Park, and for for your listeners that don't, Echo Park has been around for decades. Just absolutely beautiful, um, as, you know, you know, as Jasper said, a beautiful man-made park with you know water fountain and it's just you know, oh, it, it's scenic. You know, they've got mm-hmm. ducks and geese in, in in the lake, um, and so it's just there's a certain main road that goes you know to the freeway. So when people come and go to work, you can just look you know and just. Ah, like it just feel <laughs> just this this therapeutic uh, uh, resolve for the moment. Um, so all of a sudden, of course, it was very appealing to homeless people who um, were basically, you know, because when law enforcement gets aggressive, you know, homeless people migrate. Right. So there are a couple of uh, homeless folks. Well, maybe about uh, 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 twelve months ago. A little over a year ago, and it's like, hey, here's a, you know what? This would actually be a cool place to, you know, to, to set up shop for a while. Mm-hmm. And you know, to set up shop for a while, and then, you know, it's always oh, just a couple of, yeah, yeah, no big deal. It tends going every two tenths turning into four tenths, turning to eight tenths, turning to sixteen tenths. To, you know, kept doubling, doubling, and all of a sudden, you've got this significant encampment. And then you've got the neighbor, the people in the, the residents in the area, complaining to the local. Politician is like, oh, well, we're going to monitor the situation. And then by the next thing you know, it became this full-grown encampment of hundreds of people. And then all of a sudden, you know, the hoopla is like, okay, this is an outrage. How long are we going to, you know, allow them to just take over the park? And, you know, I can't get my you know, breaths in as I'm going to work to and from every day. And so then that became a thing, became a battle. And then finally, um, you know, D-Day. Uh, you know, came and then LAPD lined up, and then there were some activists who caught wind that they were talking about gating up the gating up the fencing off the park, and you know, getting rid of the uh, homeless folks. And so then that, a lot of activists lined up. There was a mm-hmm. call to action, and they lined up against uh, LAPD because you know we don't want to criminalize, and they shouldn't go to jail. Blah blah blah. You know, should provide housing. Blah blah blah. And so again, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, the underperforming entity that they are, um, they were a part of that, uh, the outreach team, and they were the council office actually asked them to stand down and step aside. And what was who was invited to take over the lead of the outreach was this brand-new entity called Urban Alchemy. Urban Alchemy has been in Skid Row for many years, and I personally – um, um, vouch for them. Um, they're they're such a blessing to us and an ally to us in Skid Row. And they run three programs. They're based out of San Francisco. They started in San Francisco, and now they're here in L.A. And, you know, they run uh, uh, the Safe Sleep Villages. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a shower program, and they have a, a street clean, where they clean team, where they, in, in Skid Row, they've hired about 60 to 70 residents from Skid Row um, to clean, sweep and clean our streets, and 
the people that are working for Urban Alchemy actually walking around with smiles on their faces. And I can attest that there have been a couple of uh, hard-headed, two-bit hustling drug dealers that kept going to jail on the street corners because they couldn't, you know, trying to sell some drugs. They actually have a job with Urban Alchemy, and they're happier now sweeping and cleaning with a legitimate job um, than they were when they were struggling to try to sell a couple of rocks on the street corner. Right. And so just this energy has just tr- literally tr- transformed a lot of people in our community. So it's a, a, a huge success story. So, you know, I, you know, I scream to the top of the, on top of every mountain, urban alchemy is the truth. This is a new solution. If we can mimic this, they need more funding so they can hire more people. And if we can mimic this across the city, this would, this would be a great resource in terms of all of homelessness. And so then well, that's Mitchell, great, that, was, Mitchell. that was one of the big questions that someone asked and said, if there was one organization that you would recommend, right. who, what would it be? And so, and I just looked them right. up. And so for our listeners, they can Google urbanalchemy.us. You'll see all yeah. the programs, Los Angeles, San Francisco. I mean, I would say for our listeners who, if you want to really support a program, um, this is the one Jeff recommends because yeah. it looks like they're really yeah. on to something that could be, you know, something helpful. Yes. That's the only one. That's the only one that general Jeff would uh, recommend. And so, um, but going back to Echo Park, so then Councilmember Mitchell Farrell told Lassa, said, you, Los Angeles Homeless Service Authority, you guys stand down. We're going to have Urban Alchemy come in and be the lead outreach to the homeless folks. And, um, you know, so what Lassa did was basically go, you know, post up nearby and run the shuttle van. And then and then uh, the council member, and this is paraphrasing because I wasn't actually there, but this was the debrief, part of the debrief that I got. And Mitchell Farrell's office said, hey, look, you know, we, we don't expect you guys to, to, you know, really pull anybody. But, you know, if you can get one to two to you know, three, you know, four or five people, I mean, that would be great. We'll consider that a victory. And so, you know, just see what you guys can do. We know this is a new endeavor. Just Just go for it. And Urban Alchemy is like, hey, no, we're we're going to do way more than a few, one, two, or a few. And then they went out there, and there were 188 uh, homeless folks in Echo Park. Urban Alchemy got all 188 folks housed into wow. into a hotel room. It was a 100% success rate, and they escorted them over to Lassa. Lassa got them in the shuttle vans, and they took them immediately over to hotels that got processed and housed that night. So everybody in Echo Park that wanted to go to Echo wanted to go to a hotel room, they got into a hotel room thanks to Urban Alchemy. And so that's that's the kind wow. of results that we're talking about. And so now every council office, every Congress office, congressional office, all these politicians say, Hey, well come to my district and come do our reach my homeless. Come over here. Come over here. Here, 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 <laughs> Urban Alchemy, Urban Alchemy. And now they're like, so now they, 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 they're in the process of expanding the programs. They got to hire some folks because the, the, the demand is high, obviously. And so when we look at talk about homelessness in L.A., we can point to one entity that absolutely works is Urban Alchemy. And I put my name behind that. And so then because Urban Alchemy was so successful, LAPD had to stand down because LAPD mm. was plan B. Because they're like, mm-hmm. if we're gonna if, if we're gonna let Urban Alchemy do what they you know get the first try, if they're not successful and things get out of whack, 
you know, LAPD's right here locked and loaded. Four or 500 officers going to go up in there and do what they do and restore order. LAPD never was involved with the homeless part of it because, again, Urban Alchemy was so <laughs> efficient with their outreach that they got 100% uh, uh, effectiveness in terms of the homeless folks. So then the activists that were across the street that were lined up against LAPD, a lot of those activists wound up getting over 100. Some of those, they wound up getting um, um, arrested. But that was totally separate action from Urban Alchemy and the homeless thing. And so now the, the activists, are, are, are they've got this glorified witch hunt against Urban Alchemy because they think Urban Alchemy is somehow in cahoots with LAPD criminalizing homelessness. And so, you know, they've got, uh, I don't know, all I can call is a glorified witch hunt. They're attacking Urban Alchemy mm. online. They're attacking them on social media. They're attacking them every which way they can. Urban, I just got an email um, just yesterday from uh, the, the, the executive director, the ED of uh, Urban Alchemy, saying that, oh, they had one of these so-called activist slash investigative reporters you know, infiltrate their, 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 their company, you know, act like they wanted to get a job. Urban Alchemy like, great, come on in, let's work. And all they're doing is asking questions mostly about Echo Park and what role they played and what they were up to and what's really going on. And then they just, I, I found out just moments before I took this call, and right now what, with this interview we're doing, um, they released this so-called expose against urban alchemy. And so, you know, these folks out, the naysayers are trying to put mm. these hit pieces out there. And it's unfortunate. Again, urban alchemy is, is doing the right things. And so, you know, you know, it's unfortunate, but everybody's not going to be happy. <clears throat> A lot of people don't understand that, you know, urban alchemy, you know, coming from out of town, they didn't come into town and they didn't introduce themselves to the community. I get mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of act. There's a lot of activists that have been on the front lines, and they think they have seniority. And it's like, mm. oh, Urban Alchemy could have checked in with me before they just came in doing stuff in my town. And because they didn't, you know, people are filling in the blanks because like nobody knows who Urban Alchemy is. Urban Alchemy's thing is we just want to come in and do the work, and that's all they've been doing. Because they're like, hey, there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. You know, in terms of homelessness, there's a whole, you know, cleaning up. We need showers, outreach. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of plus they've got to run their own company, keep their books tight, make sure everything is everything. And they don't have time to be running around introducing themselves to any and everybody that thinks they're activists or somebody with a Twitter account that thinks they matter. And, they, you know, so, but I've, you know, talked to the higher-ups at Urban Alchemy and said, no, 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 there are specific folks based in L.A., that you really need that I that I will introduce you to, and I personally have introduced him to them to Urban Alchemy to certain well-respected uh, activists, not only in Skid Row in South LA and uh, other parts of LA, and um, you know they've got uh, their programs in San Francisco. Many folks I've also introduced Urban Alchemy to uh, the higher ups at uh, the Department of Mental Health, Dr. Jonathan Sharon. Um, Anthony Ruffin, who works immediately under Dr. Sharon, actually flew up to uh, Sacra- San Francisco to uh, view what uh, Urban Alchemy, what they're doing up in the in the Bay. Um, we've had other folks, you know, that that we've connected to that flew up to the Bay. We connected Urban Alchemy to uh, the federal judge David O'Carter, uh, City Council Member Kevin DeLeon, um, and just countless other folks. 
um, just to make sure that everybody knows who they are um, and know that they're my ally. If nobody else wants to claim Urban Alchemy and everybody wants to be mad, great. They're General Jeff's ally, and not General. You know, it leave my people alone. Otherwise, you're gonna have to hear from me. And well, they what know I love I'm what I'm, and <laughs> and if folks know if they if they if they want to talk about Urban Alchemy and they want to you know talk talk stuff and we end up in a dark alley somewhere. Uh-oh. Trust me, it's not going to be the same as an interview on the Jasper Cole show. I'm just saying. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm reading this article. What I like is um, they say by the end of the year, there'll be a hundred of us in Venice and a hundred of us in Hollywood. We're here to do the work. We're not here to get the attention or the glory. And it's interesting because when I'm reading this article, what I like about it, you know how normally it'll say uh, John Jones deputy da blah 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 of such and such such and such there's not even a person they're they're such egoless you know egoless is that they don't even they're not in the article making sure the the person's name is here you know they're just they're just urban alchemy who's doing the job and i love that because it doesn't look like they're about like you said um but the politics of even so so it's interesting because what you're saying is like in any subgroup you've got the egos involved with the different activist groups you know and you can't come in and step on our toes and it should just be about who can get the damn job done exactly exactly and so you know and and i'll just put it out there because one thing about the jasper cole show is that we don't hide anything you know, mm-hmm. it's full disclosure on everything. And so um, Urban Alchemy, the, you know, to me, one of the keys to their success is who they hire. And, you know, former lifers in prison that, um, you know, they serve 25, you know, the L, I mean, 25 to life, 25, 30, some even in case even 40 years in, in, a, in penitentiary, and they paid their debt to society. A lot of them were wrongly convicted, and they're just ready to, ready to return to um ready to return to uh reality um you know and normalcy and make up for you know the, some of the make up for the uh the the negative negativity they caused society in the past um you know a new lease on life they're free they're disciplined they're focused and they're not scared to go into any homeless encampment and talk to anybody about getting them off the street and well, so there's this certain certain there's this certain level of, of 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 discipline and commitment to the goals. That's why they can get 100% success rate out of Echo Park, where a whole lot of these other organizations and entities, outreach teams, they may be hesitant to go into Echo Park. Oh, they really don't they want to engage in every single one of these homeless folks because some of them look some of them look dangerous. Or some mm-hmm. of them may not be approachable. And no, no, no. Urban Alchemy is going up in there. They don't care who you are, where you are, what your situation is. We need to talk about getting you into a hotel room. We understand whatever it is. Is this is that and that's that. It's nothing compared to what I when I experienced in prison. So let's get done with whatever you get done, whatever you're doing, and let's get you in a hotel room. Are you ready? <laughs> right. Like, oh, okay. Well, you know, and then right, they, exactly. They, 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 and you have those up. lifers, Jeff. Uh, talk to Bill Cosby, okay? Thank you. Oh, <laughs> well, speaking. <laughs> and so, well, let me just let me finish on that. I want to say that one thing about the alchemy.
spiritual, somewhat of a spiritual motto to their to their yes. group. I mean, which they talk about. Um, our practitioners are armed with a powerful spirit that communicates caring, safety, non-judgment, and kindness. One spirit gains powers through righteous deeds and actions. It's the science of spiritual power. So, you know, this is not a religious or anything like that, but they're, that's back to that ego-less thing we talked about. They, they're doing this right. for, for a much different reason than a lot of these um, poverty pimps are, obviously. Right. And, you know, and, and full disclosure, I even uh, set up a meeting with, uh, you know, Urban Alchemy to talk with the, the higher ups and the command staff at Los Angeles Police Department. Because mm-hmm. if, if anybody, LAPD needs to know who these guys are, because, you know, while yeah. they were at the same action in Echo Park and they knew some folks from representing the department out in the field, they didn't know the, the, the command staff. And so you know, in my 15 years of dealing with issues in Skid Row, I know some of the command staff, and it's like, well, hey, let me reach out and see if they're interested. And, and, and the department's like, absolutely, we want to meet these folks. If they're out there, we need to know what's going on. And, and that the meeting was absolutely amazing. And so, we're the, so for one, um, the, these concerned activists that, you know, the, on the glorified witch hunt, saying that Urban Alchemy is working with LAPD, that's not possible because they didn't even know each other until I set up this meeting recently. Mm-hmm. And so, but then actually to sit in on the meeting and see how it was so amazing because as, as urban alchemy displays what their energy is and what their focus is and what their, you know, their goals are, LAPD, you know, respected that and said basically like, well, that helps us lighten our load. Well, we can step back and stand down and not, you know, be so aggressive in those areas if Urban Alchemy and then groups like Urban Alchemy would step up. And that's the problem in the past with LAPD was saying nobody's willing to step up. And it's always LAPD gets the call. Oh, my God, there's a homeless person standing in the middle of the street. Call LAPD. And it's like, so they got to, you know, oh, my God, you know, LAPD, LAPD. So now there's like, well, hey, there's someone else that's another entity that's doing some things that are helping the light and the low because LAPD's like, you know, LASA's no help. You know, even DMH is no help. It's mm-hmm. like, well, Urban Alchemy, okay, there's somebody that's willing to roll up their sleeves and not only roll up their sleeves and get out there, but get the results. And so that, that so LAPD gave Urban Alchemy their full blessings. So any of the folks, um, your listeners that are listening, that are concerned about you know, Urban Alchemy, you know, these folks getting out of prison. That's not 100% all mm-hmm. of their workforce because I already mentioned they've hired 60 to 70 folks um, out of Skid Row that were homeless and formerly homeless. And, um, you know, so there's, there's, it's a mix. It's, it's a mix, but it's a great mix, and it's working. That's all I can say is it's working. They got respect oh. from the people in the streets, respect from the homeless encampments, and, and, and respect from the elected officials. So now the the main thing right now is we got to increase the, the 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 housing stock. So that way, Urban Alchemy is saying like we can line up the homeless folks, we can get to them. We have nowhere to put them. Mm-hmm. Urban Alchemy doesn't build housing. Urban Alchemy doesn't is not a housing provider. So they're like, where is the housing? So then everybody looks to Lassa, who's again significantly underperforming, and there's not either there's not enough housing. Or they're just saying there's not enough housing, and they're hiding it or harboring 
the housing, but entities like Urban Alchemy can't get the homeless folks off the street. When, they, when the homeless folks are ready to go, a lot of them are tired. Sure, there's some diehards that just want to be out there, want to be left alone, want to live off the land or go through every going. But there's a lot that are tired and ready to go. And they're like, man, the people keep telling me, they, they keep telling me, they keep pulling up on me, and they keep updating me in the system. But that's all they've been doing for six months, eight months, two years. And it's like, damn, updating the database. Where's the housing? And so that's why, again, we need your listeners to – to reach out to Governor Gavin Newsom and get this $12 billion and let's get, so now they're, they're so we need your listeners to understand there, are two, there were two programs. So one was Project Room Key, just room. It was a hotel room. That was the temporary uh, hotel room program. When, when that got so successful, that the governor launched that of 15,000 proposed hotel rooms, which they never got to 15,000. Then Mayor Garcetti proposed it was supposed to have been, it sounded like a separate 15000 but then later on it sounded like it may have been the same 15000 as the governor, which doesn't make sense. Why would you have a, a press conference announcing something about the same thing that somebody else, the governor already, that was just, right. that's just silly. <laughs> anyway, um, and then, you know, we have allies that were doing the keeping a daily uh, uh, account on the city's, Project Room Key numbers, and they got, you know, no, they never reached 5,000 of this proposed 15,000. So anyway, so Project Room Key is the short-term solution. Project Home Key is the long-term solution. Now, with Project Home Key is where the, you know, the County of Los Angeles, the City of L.A., and the State of California, where they're actually just outright purchasing, whether it's a hotel room or a motel room, and just buying it outright and then just converting that into homeless housing long-term. And so what we want your listeners to do is when you reach out to Governor Gavin Newsom is we want that $12 billion to be spent on the Project Home Key program that will go ahead and buy these hotels, you know, the small mom and pop, you know, buy these things. And, and assign, uh, uh, have the um, services provider connected to it, three meals a day and all of that stuff, and it's already, it's already built. So there are no construction mm-hmm. costs. And then now we, we can house the homeless folks faster. Exactly. Not Project Room Key, pro, not Project Room Key, Project Home Key. Not to That's be the confused. one you want. Exactly. And just to make a little bit of levity, Jeff, you know, because uh, life needs that, not to be confused with Project Runway. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> oh, my God. My yeah. favorite show. But, okay, so we're get, we, we are going to be coming up on a hard close here on the show. I didn't realize it's going to cut us off. But I want to recap and make sure people understand. Reach out to Gavin Newsom. Explain to him that if he's going to take this $12 billion, he needs to really allocate it. And we want to talk about asking him to fund Project Home Key, not Pro- Project Room Key. And in Los Angeles, Urban Alchemy is the organization, and they're also in San Francisco. Is And everyone, please Google them because there's some great articles. They talk about um, uh, the program, uh, what's it called, Safe Sleeping Village? Um, yes, uh, that they got a $1.1 million, $1. $1 million contract to manage uh, that. They did the similar thing in San Francisco. So, 
you know, please, if you want to put your money, if you want to really put your time and effort into an organization, please put it into Urban Alchemy. That's General Jeff's uh, one and only uh, people that he's really, you know, endorsing right now. So listen, buddy, you know, again, we could just talk on and on, but I just can't thank you enough. (laughs) And I wanted wanted to let everyone know there's there's an app called Clubhouse. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Clubhouse. It's a new platform that's, um, as the kids say, all the rage. Um, but it is, <laughs> it's a new platform that I want to start having a room there. Um, and that's where you have your own room and you talk about situations. And I want to talk to Jeff later about doing a sort of ongoing homeless Oh, before we go, Jeff, what is the take? Give us your take on saying unhoused versus homelessness. Are are either okay? Is it silly? Is it important? What should we know about that? Uh, well, <laughs> I, you I mean, know, I'm not the expert on that, but I know my right. uh, many of my allies go with houselessness over oh, houselessness. homelessness. Okay, houseless. Yeah, people are houseless, not homeless, and so. Um, that's, you know, that's, you know, those of us that are on the front lines that are, you know, activists that truly care the sensitive, respectful way is houseless, not homeless. Got it. Okay. And so just for me personally, quickly, I would have to say, um, you know, even, you know, whatever, whether it's a shelter bed or a tiny home or shipping container, whatever it is, it's not a home. So you right. know, when you talk about homeless, so homeless is not, you know, that's actually disrespectful. Home is like an actual house. Right. You know, Got homeless, it. you, know, we're, you know, it's not a home. A home is warm. It's warm. So we're homeless. Yeah, that. so, and then plus that term has just been oversaturated by the mm-hmm. industry so much, you know, but when you say houseless, you know, because we want housing, we don't want shelter beds because, the, you know, they're, the industry, they're flipping it into as in like a bed, a cot or is 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 somehow a home equivalent to a home or um like what the tiny home is what some folks are calling equivalent to a tool shed a little small mm-hmm. tool shed that's not a home that's not so, a home you know, you, right you can, you can put somebody in a tool shed they're still houseless that's not a house we want to focus <clears> on well i'm going to, to as of tonight language. i'm going to go back and change the title of our episodes to uh, houselessness instead of homelessness. So that's oh, a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be, excellent. I want to make thank sure you. we do that, but listen, buddy, thank you as always. I'm just always so in, in awe of what you do and all the great, and you do it with such great compassion and, and fun. And you try to make, you know, it's a serious subject, but I know people love seeing your face and seeing you out there speaking on their behalf. So uh, Ralph and I really can't, Thank you enough. And I know the listeners love hearing from you because I get all these comments. And everyone, please, you can follow uh, General Jeff um, on Twitter. It's at GoSkidRowGo. Instagram is at SkidRowGeneralJeff. And um, also the SkidRow Neighborhood, Neighborhood Council is, is his deal as well. Look that up. Um, and, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, Jeff, we'll be in touch. Stay safe Jeff, out I there. Would- Jeff, I would just like to say thank you very much. And remember, let song and music get your message across as well, because it is no different what the slaves did 
with Harriet Tubman. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank, so, you for that. Thank you for that, Ralph. And I just want to, I'm going to close with this because one thing that no one can ever say about General Jeff, they can never say that I didn't care. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. <laughs> See you later. Bye. 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 Take care. Oh, my God, that's great. <laughs> Well, Ralph, I mean, I know there were probably boomerangs in there. I don't know, but I've never heard you be as quiet in 90 minutes of a show. But the fact that you could slip in Harriet Tubman and slavery um, in an uplifting sense is what, you know, nobody does it like Ralph Cole Jr. Well, thank you. And that's why you've kept me around uh, for all these years, even when producers were saying, get rid of me, you know, and that's what I'm very grateful to. And the thing too, Jasper, is I'm very full of myself. You might be aware of that. But the (laughs) show that you do, like I told Jeff at the beginning, the show that you do with Jeff is such an important issue a very serious issue. I understand why you didn't need my input for that segment. It's just like breaking the news. You were so nice to include me in that, but it's really your show with Erica. This is really your show with Jeff. I feel like the guest. What I would like to say while we have a few minutes remaining uh, for Planet Eartha, the biggest testament to urban alchemy is that General Jeff hates everything. Uh And for him to support urban alchemy so enthusiastically, that speaks volumes because he is hyper aware of the infidelities of government and promises and proposals. And urban alchemy seems to surpass that and actually get something done. And that's what woke general jeff to urban alchemy so planet eartha to answer any of your questions if you want to try to do something that is definitive to help houselessness submit to urban alchemy and that's a great idea you have too jasper about changing our show changing your Mm -hmm. guys' show to the horrors and heroes of houselessness because Mm -hmm. that'll just help planet earth and anybody who watches your show to say because it, it it's going to turn heads for a second, you know right. it's like houselessness. Oh, okay, you know, and it, and that dialogue is important. Well, just the fact I've been it's been jumping out at me lately the the term unhoused, you know. So I've been aware, um, and I wanted to tell the listeners if you're in Los Angeles or New York, and you're part of Spectrum Cable, we have a channel called Spectrum One News One. And they do just the most incredible – this is where I first met um, General Jeff. They do such incredible interviews on the homeless – houselessness, see? The houselessness situation. There's a lot of sibling S's in that. Um, Make a sign, girl. And uh, I'll get that. I'll work on that in my voiceover workshop. Workshop with Rolanda Watts. Okay, plug any bits you can. Who's playing Vivica Fox's mother right now? Yeah, but, well, um, I up too on BET. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, nobody saw it, but that's okay. But my um, right, family so. business <laughs> BET plus bitch, fuck you. <laughs> what do you have against uh, what's the one we met on? Just like family. What is Just it about like the term family? family? Okay, no, but it is like, I mean, 
Uh, yeah. So I just, I don't even know what was I saying. I've completely yeah. lost my train of thought. So basically nothing I said made any sense, but okay. that's okay. We'll play it back. We'll listen to it in post. <laughs> 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 oh no! I was I was basically saying Spectrum One News has really great profiles, and you know, and there's all kinds of um, they I'm, probably they may have profiled um, you know alchemy at this point. I don't know, but I'll urban alchemy. But anyway, for those of you who have Spectrum, check it out. Um, Ralph, I want we're sending our love to you and to Rose. You know, sweet Rose. Uh, we're sending thank all. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. We both will appreciate that. And everyone who's asked, um, Dennis is, is healing. He had his surgery a week ago yesterday. He had his first post-op appointment, um, got the stitches out. Um, you know, he's coming along great on the shoulder surgery. So hopefully uh, he will be rebounding. And when we hang up, I have a self-tape audition for mm. – a Greenstein Daniel audition, first one I've had in in a, in a while. Yeah, so you know, and then everyone, I don't know if you saw that um, our industry, SAG and After, has extended um, COVID protocols on all sets. Uh, testing will will uh, remain the same indefinitely at this point. So we're not going to change uh, our protocols. We're going to. They're going to continue to, you have to be masked and you have to be tested and it doesn't matter about the vaccination. So um, that's going to help all of us feel better, continue to feel safe working. Mm -hmm. Kind of wish other industries would do that, but you know, that's beside the point. But Ralph, listen, thank you so, so much. Um, We will be back next week. We have a very interesting uh, author coming on who, um, you know, has a very different political views than we do. And I thought it would be nice for a change uh, to bring on somebody with a different point of view and see if we can't, you know, listen and really listen to each other. So we'll mm-hmm. be posting that for next week's uh, show. Thanks, Lisa Rodrigo, for booking that. And uh, everyone just be safe and protect yourself and enjoy. Happy, happy July 4th. Be safe out there. Be careful with the fireworks. And, you know, it scares the dogs. It it scares the kitties and the dogs. So, Ralph, peace out, everybody. Much love. And we will see you next Thursday night. Bye-bye, Planet Eartha. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.